Can I have your attention for a second? I want to tell you about a fellow named Dave and the fact that I have been buying my cigars from him since 1985 when they first opened up. Two Guys Smoke Shop. Now, Two Guys Smoke Shop have three convenient locations right over the Massachusetts border in tax-free New Hampshire. Now, here's something I bet you didn't know. Two Guys Smoke Shop is America's largest cigar shop and has the largest inventory of cigars anywhere. Wait till you see this place. You're not going to believe it, all right? Now, if you like cigars, you can't find a better place to buy them than at Two Guys Smoke Shop. They're in Salem, New Hampshire, Seabrook, New Hampshire, and their new location in tax-free Nashua, New Hampshire. It is worth the ride. You can call 888-2-CIGAR-2. That's 888-2-CIGAR-2 or on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. The best place to buy cigars anywhere is Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's Stogie Heaven. This is Rocky Patel. This is Alma the Sun. Eric Newman. Eric Hansen. This is Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Hi, this is Glenn Case. Nick Perdomo. Nicholas Perdomo Jr. This is Jerry from Ben and Jerry's. This is Jim Young from Davidoff of Geneva. This is the Cigar Authority. The authority. Are you saying pal? On everything cigar. In. I get it. And out of the cigar industry. I know what it entails, and I'm ready to nail it. With your host. You're you're, you're funny. David Garofalo. I'm funny how? Like I'm a clown? I amuse you? What the f*** is so funny about me? Tell me. Mr. Jonathan. Damn it. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? For the last time, anything you put on that prompter, Burgundy will read. Very stunned. Son of a bitch, son of a bitch, son of a bitch, son of a bitch, son You thought I was going to say son of a bitch, didn't you? And Chuck Morrison. I am 35 years old, and I live in a van down by the river. It's time to light them up. <laughs> it's time. For the Cigar Authority. Light them up, light them up, light them up, everybody. January 3rd, 2015. Happy New Year, everybody. Broadcasting live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. And today, he has a very famous name in the cigar industry. He is the son of the legend, Hendrik Kellner. He is Hendrik Kellner Jr. And he, in his smoking jacket, cigar brand, is here and will light up along with him. Also, the state of the cigar industry address. I've been doing this for years now myself, and today I'm going to share it with you. We've got old Fart Freddie Minton, gentleman Chuck Morrison, and we got Cigar News with Bad News Barry and lots more. Welcome, everybody, to the first edition of 2015 of the Cigar Authority. And the first time that I get to mess this up, you're listening to the Cigar Authority, the only radio show in the U.S. and, yes, the world that is always broadcast on location this week, high atop the worldwide headquarters here in tax-free Salem, New Hampshire, at Two Guys Smoke Shop Salem. Uh, We are the only show that doesn't just allow smoking. We insist and demand that you light up along with us. And uh, you know what? You could just tune in right at thecigarauthority.com and watch us live or catch the podcast on demand at any time. Simply find us on iTunes or YouTube where you can set it and forget it on both. Then I'm going to go on record and yes. saying that this will be the best show of the year to date. It will. I'm going to say the same thing, too. And we are going to smoke the smoking jacket. This is uh, Hendrik Kellner Jr. This is Hendrik Kellner from Davidoff fame. He's the master blender and the man behind Davidoff cigars, along with lots of other cigars. And uh, his son worked for many years side by side along with him. 
And just about a year or so ago, uh, he decided to go off on his own. He built a little teeny factory in the Dominican Republic. We're going to have him on, and uh, he's going to tell us about that. And this is his first brand he put out. It's called Smoking Jacket. And it gave me a chance to go into the closet and pull out my smoking jacket. And uh, I... Huh? Come on. Yep. Those that are watching on here... There's no way I'm going back in the closet, so I put on my <laughs> smoking jacket. Hugh Hefner has well. nothing on me today except for all gaudy. the money and uh, all the girls. That's all. Besides That's that, all. he's got nothing on me. So uh, let's give it a cut and light, and let's start this uh, first cigar off of the year for us on the uh, Cigar Authority. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting is brought to you by our friends at Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that, while all other cigar brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. They lowered their prices. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. And we'll give this cigar. This is a. Um, this is a uh, short, short robusto, robusto four yeah. and a half by fifty-six. Yeah, it features fillers that comprise of sixty percent Dominican, twenty percent Nicaraguan, and twenty percent from the Kellner family reserve. Hmm. The wrapper is a nine-year-old Dominican, and the binder is a dual binder. One being Dominican, the other being Nicaraguan. Now, what's Isn't different about this whole brand <clears throat> is there's four sizes in this brand. Each size is a different blend itself. Not major different, but they're tweaked a bit, each one of them. They use a different tobacco, one little t- bit of tobacco, different from each one. One has a Peruvian, one has a Pennsylvania. Um, they're all a percentage of Dominican and Nicaraguan fillers on it. Two of them have different wrappers altogether than the other. So what is the wrapper on this one, Barry? This is a nine-year-old Dominican wrapper. Okay, so this is a Dominican-grown wrapper. The other one, I'm not sure of what that is. Hanky will come on here and tell us. I think for some reason it's Brazilian. Yes, the regular Robusto uses a Brazilian wrapper, and it also has Peruvian Pela de Oro in the filler. Which you're a big fan of Peruvian tobacco. I'm a huge fan of Peruvian tobacco. You've been on record saying that. Yes, literally I'm a big fan. There we go. But we're going to be less of a fan because this is the first of the year, and me and Barry are on a quest. You're on diets, and you're both uh, irritable, I'm noticing, right off the bat. Uh, Barry's been a little bit more quiet, a little bit more reserved, very focused, in almost a tantric state. Yeah. Now, you guys have heard of the TL-98 that was discontinued when the TL-99 took off. Is that Terminator then, 1 and Terminator the, 2? The TL-99 this is the Lotus was replaced by the TL-100, which we have here. You, you may look at this lighter and think, wow, I could shave with that. You could. You could. It's not advisable. Yeah, this is the Lotus lighter he's talking about. This is a big lighter to have in your pocket. This is a more than a pocket lighter, I would say. Uh, $79.99. It features two onboard different ring gauge bullet cutters that slide right out. Triple jet that... You guys will see when you go to light this bad Larry up. Wow. Come right to a point. So that although points, the three go side, they're side by side. They're not in a, in a circle. Although it is a triple jet, you do have pinpoint accuracy. And uh, I was speaking with Hendrick Kellner Jr. just before the show, and he said to make sure you tell Barry to really take his time lighting this bad boy because this particular size requires a little care on the lighting. Yes, you got to make sure you get it all the way around. Toast it all up, lovely. Because you don't want to burn it down one side. Make you it happy. Do, you should do them all correct anyway every time. But it's not one that you just give a quick light to. You pay pay attention to it. Give it give it an extra ten seconds, 
and make sure you've got it lit up right so that it'll take care of you all the way down. It has something to do with the combustion level of one of the tobacco leaves in there. So you've got to make sure you get it all good and happy, as we like to say. So i got to tell you, I like this lighter a lot. It's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. It's a great lighter. You made it really easy to uh, toast a foot with that pinpoint accuracy. Yeah. And it's got a big wheel on the bottom of it, so it makes it easy to uh, flame adjust it. It's got a little um, window in there to see that um, your tank is full. You want to leave with a full tank of gas at all times. And uh, there we go. Excellent so. choice, Jonathan. Thank you. So uh, this is uh, time for the State of the Cigar Industry Address. Now, this is something uh, I've been doing for 19 years. I have a question. Yeah. Why? If it's just for you, yeah. why do you have to write out a state of the cigar industry? Because I, wanna, because I want it completely written out, and I want to know the history of what happened. As an entrepreneur, as a business person, um, what has happened in history repeats itself, and it also uh, gives you a good idea of what direction to go to. So uh, I do this not for the cigar industry. I do this for myself as the entrepreneur, and I want to know what has happened last year. I want to put it in writing. I want to look at it. I want to study it, and then I want to make determinations before our national sales meeting, national, where five of us get together and uh, <laughs> argue, scream, and holler for eight hours. Yes, but having this information. And before I had managers, when I had just one store, it was two guys and there's two guys working and that was it, um, I would do it also. 19 years wow. I've been putting it together in the 30 years. This is my 30th year in the cigar business now. And uh, it helps me form and go into the right direction. Now, I've taken some of it out of there that's not going to equate to a consumer listening to this or, or maybe a cigar, another cigar shop listening to it. So, uh, you know, maybe I'm down to about 20 pages from the 40 pages. Wow. This is going to be some enthralling radio, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Kick back. Make sure your cigar is properly lit because you may not be paying attention to that bad boy for the next 25 minutes. This I don't the, know. This is the equivalent of War and Peace. Yes. Instead of Tolstoy, we have Garofalo. So as we go going into it, if, if it seems like, all right, we're going nowhere with this. If this thing starts, it was the best of days. It was the worst of days. I quit. <laughs> I quit. I'm leaving. <laughs> it, it, is, it is fact-based information um, f for me to understand uh, what is going on in the cigar industry. Uh, and I got the facts from many, many different sources, and I may or may not be, uh, I don't remember what I wrote on this version of it, uh, saying where I did it on my long copy of it, everything's in there so I can go back uh, to look at it. But I've looked back 19 years ago and looked at the one I did 19 years ago, and uh, it's amazing. I mean, the information you get and then the direction you go into, and I don't know. We'll see as it is, goes along and see if the... Is this something you work on throughout the year? No. So in one sitting type of thing? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I spend a day putting it together and say, here's what ended up happening. I may have some notes that I scribble down to, to see, but you get a lot of the information late in the year of imports and things like that that happen. So let me, let me start with it and, and start me at any time uh, to interject or to uh, say enough of this uh, <laughs> yeah, your, cadaver. Your, your industry yeah. is reminding me of uh, my vacuum cleaner. <clears throat> okay, so this, the state of the cigar industry address, January 3rd, 2015, mature cigar sales were in retail stores were slightly down for yet another year. This is uh, mature cigar stores. Now, if you talk about uh, a new store that opened the course, of course, they probably grew in business or something, but we're talking about mature uh, stores. 
uh, again, I get this information. Uh, in, uh, I'm, I'm not going to keep interrupting myself. Thank but God. I get uh, the information uh, from different sources um, and that I find viable to be able to come up with this conclusion. So we saw a declining year for 2014 with imports of handmade premium cigars down slightly nationally, minus 7%. Large cigars. Large cigars are uh, weighing over three pounds per thousand, um, and that's about it as large cigars. According to the CAA, that's according to the Cigar Association of America, our industry is in a slight declining market for the second year in a row. Large cigars are not necessarily premium cigars. Custom accounts were down in most retail stores overall. Not just cigar shops, but all retail shops. Including cigar stores. For yet another year. Also down was the average sales purchase in units sold in all brick-and-mortar shops nationally. Not just cigar brick-and-mortars, but again, all brick-and-mortar stores. Black Friday, November 28, 2014, reports showed that brick-and-mortar retailers were down 11% in sales and 6% in custom accounts for all retail. And the same held true for Shop Local Saturdays. We saw the same in cigar retailers. Cyber Monday once again broke all records for sales and growth despite the economy that has not fully recovered. We saw the same throughout the Christmas holiday season and overall throughout 2014. Down sales and custom accounts for brick and mortars and growth for online. This is for almost all retail, but certainly for brick and mortar cigar retailers. As for brick-and-mortar retailers, these drops in sales in custom accounts are because of some important factors. Deep discounting on the Internet, lowering the cost for consumers to get premium cigars and what they are willing to pay for them, and the creation and continuation of cigar shops acting as tasting grounds for Internet sites. This is happening not just in cigar retailing, but in lots of retailing. Brick-and-mortar retailers are complaining that they are now showrooming for the Internet. And this is true. Apparel and shoe shops are now complaining they are being used in 2014 as fitting rooms for discount Internet sites. Despite discounting, the big-name, high-volume cigar brands have taken the consumers to look for cheap cigars, forcing down the average ring in retail cigar shops. This price has created less in taxes collected to our government and therefore opens the door for an increase in S-chip tax, which is now five years old and will be looked at for an increase in 2015. So if you follow me there, I'm saying that the government's getting less in tax, and what they usually do when they get less in tax is raise the tax. $6.50 now is the average price in retail stores in 2014 for a cigar before state taxes. The decline in sales dollars has also affected profit margins for most retailers as fixed costs continue to rise to the retailer. Less coming in and more overall cost leaves less bottom line profit for the retailer. The competition online has driven most retailers in a competitive mode, especially in popular name brands, offering deals and events consistently while dropping margins and units sold. So as they're offering deals, they're making less money. Declining dollars coming in and less profit on what is going out. This is a recipe for disaster for brick-and-mortar retailers. Again, not just in cigars, but in everything. These are just facts, Jack. Disposable income is down for yet another year, 
and luxury items have felt it the most. By the way, cigars are luxury items. In 2014, 12 billion, that's what a B, with a B, cigars were sold and consumed in the United States, 12 billion. Of the 12 billion, half of them were called little cigars, like cigarettes or cigarillos. That leaves 6 billion large cigars. So you understand what a large cigar is now. Of the 6 billion large cigars, less than 5% of them were handmade or what we call premium cigars. Less than 5%. Wow. That leaves us less than 300 million premium cigars sold in the United States in 2014. It's tiny. Of the 300 million, Dominican Republic continues to be the largest U.S. cigar importer. But the gap in second place, Nicaragua, is getting closer and closer. Here are some more stats. How many people are smoking cigars? There are 316 million people in the United States in 2014. 23% of them are under 18 years of age. That leaves 244 million people, adults. 2.2% of adults in the U.S. consider themselves cigar smokers. There are 244 million adults times .022 leaves 5.4 million cigar smokers. 5.4 million cigar smokers. Why don't we have 5.4 million viewers then? Of the 5.4 million people, less than 5% of them are premium cigar smokers. Ah. Broken down, that means we have 270,000 premium cigar smokers total in the U.S. So 270,000 wow. premium so cigar smokers. viewers I want next week, Barry. Can you get on that? Wow. So we're all splitting. Make it happen. We're all splitting that 270,000 premium cigar smokers. 270,000 premium cigar smokers total in all 50 states. That averages out to 5,400 premium cigar smokers in every state. 5,400 premium cigar smokers in every state. It's not a lot. Over 60% of them are buying online. Ugh. Over 60% of them are buying online. TwoGuysCigars.com. So going with the conservative 60%, that leaves 2,160 people total in each state who buy cigars in brick-and-mortar stores. Unbelievable. See how small we are. This is a teeny, teeny industry, folks. 2,160 people divided by every brick-and-mortar retailer who sells cigars in that state. That's every convenience store, gas station, liquor store, golf course, you name it. Just 2,160 consumers total divided up by every outlet who sells cigars. 2,160 premium cigar smokers who still buy premium cigars in brick-and-mortar stores. 2,160 people average in each state. Now let's look at the number of cigars. Wait, quick question yes. for you. What, what is the trend there? What was, what was the data on that figure uh, in 2013? Has the number gone up or down? Of the amount of smokers? Yes. I don't know. I should know that answer. I don't have to go back to last year's numbers and, and check. Be interesting to see. Unfortunately, I don't have it here in front of me. What's your gut? My gut is uh, it's probably down also. Which is a gut. I wish I had the exact thing here, but my gut is it's down also. Wow. Uh, so l- now let's look at the number of cigars. Less than one cigar per day per premium smoker. Uh, if we go to um, the higher estimate, uh, let's just call it one cigar per day per customer. Um, 
the average person smokes one cigar per day. The average state has 80 outlets that has 2,160 people that get a premium cigar in a cigar shop, convenience store, gas station, um, the average 80 outlets who carry premium cigars one way or the other. So let's look at the numbers again. The average state has 2,160 consumers who buy premium cigars in brick-and-mortar retailers. The average guy is smoking one cigar a day, and the average cigar is $6.50 retail in a brick-and-mortar retail shop. So $6.50 times 2,160 people consuming one cigar a day equals $14,040 a day in total sales divided by the 80 outlets that sell cigars in that state. All right, we're down to nothing here. $14,040, call $14,000, and premium cigars per day in state divided by the 80 stores that sell ring out to only $176 a day. How are you in business? How are you in business? But that is a little skewed because it only comes out to $64,000 a year if it's divided equally. Um, it is not divided equally. Specialty stores specializing in premium cigars, the average tobacconist should be more than five times that or over $320,000 a year in cigar sales. The national average of a retail specialty cigar store is averaging less than 400000 per year in cigar sales in 2014. If you're a retailer listening in and you're doing better than that gross sales uh, before expenses, uh, more than $1,000 a day in gross sales, congratulations, you are better than the average. Let's look at premium cigar industry as a whole. The premium cigar industry brings in slightly over $1 billion in sales to the U.S. economy. All the entire industry, the entire premium cigar industry, brings in about a $1 billion total. That's them making money, selling it in to me, and me buying it, and the other person buying it. It's a billion dollars. Of the slightly over a billion dollars, brick-and-mortar retailers brought in $444 million to the economy. 40% of the sales, because 60% went online. $444 million to the economy, brick-and-mortar retailers brought in um, as cigars. $53 million was paid in OTP. OTP means other tobacco products. Taxes on premium cigars. $53 million came in in taxes. Of the $53 million that came in in taxes, 98% of the taxes were paid to states and towns from brick-and-mortar retailers. In other words, 40% of the sales paid 98% of the money. Wow, that's not fair. As trans-shipping from state to state does not collect taxes, the burden of taxes... 98% was paid by the minority, or the 40%, us, the brick-and-mortar retailers. Next, let's look at the economy. The economy continues to hurt luxury items like cigars, humidors, expensive lighters and cutters. Hard goods for cigar smokers were down again in 2014. This, too, has cut down the sales of the average purchase numbers. Limited releases this past year were in abundance, and this trend continues to drive consumers to find the ones they liked elsewhere. If they have driven customers on a search now for um, those limited releases, the best search is Google, which, of course, drives them online. Let me say that again. Limited releases drive people on a search, and the number one place to search is Google. As for retailers, it has forced them to appear 
to be brand switching the customer over and over again, forcing them uh, on the hunt for the next big thing. As for a manufacturer, attention on the limited products has been foremost. While taking their eyes away from their core lines, this behavior appears to be continuing as manufacturers have given the impression to be looking for the opening order in the shelf space and not the long-term growth of the brand. Do you find that true, Barry? Definitely. I think 2014 showed that to be the case. So access of cigars have been without a problem in 2014. With FDA layering down on the cigar industry, most manufacturers held back pushing forward new brands, but rather releasing more limited releases. In 2014, we still have more newcomers coming in. New companies continue to get into a declining industry because they are allured by the low barrier to entry into this industry. The box-to-single ratio, box sales versus single sales, continue dropping in retail cigar shops. Retailers continue showcasing singles as manufacturers are building larger boxes, 30 counts and 50 counts, to stave on packaging and drive single sales into brick-and-mortar shops. Brick-and-mortar sales are dropping. We have become sampling sites, single sales shops, and tasting grounds. Discount Internet Mail Order now controls over 60% of all premium cigars sold in the U.S., Brick-and-mortar retailers are becoming convenience stores for cigar smokers, and our lounges are places to smoke. Sales dollars and custom accounts in brick-and-mortar retail shops are expected to continue to drop in cigar sales in 2015 without diversification, meaning just selling cigars and cigar accessories. Shelf space is getting tighter for brick-and-mortar shops as it's tougher to bring in new products. Too many brick-and-mortar retailers believe providing self-service is a service. The fact is, this is a service, self-service, most consumers don't want. Most consumers do not want, do not feel that self-service is a service because it is not. No, it certainly isn't. You've got to walk somebody over. You've got to talk to them about the new brands. State OTP taxes continue to drive consumers online. The lowest price of each and every brand and size uh, is winning the sale. Credit card companies continue to make it tough for no card present, yet cigar smokers' uh, ages are rising throughout um, the U.S. Most states are now setting minimum age to purchase tobacco products, presently now at 18. Uh, many cities in 2014 went up, and more cities are reaching towards 21. Uh, there is an increased number in states and cities filing to increase legal age purchases to 21 in 2015. This is happening fast, and the outlook looks bad for retailers to lose three years of a customer base. This change in age hurts brick-and-mortar retailers the most because um, those are convenient buyers. They want a cigar now. Mm. The SWOT analysis for brick-and-mortar shops in retail looks like this. A SWOT analysis means strength, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, and you should make a SWOT analysis every year for your retail shop. If you're listening to this and uh, you're wondering what it's about, you should put this together. Am I okay with this, or is this getting dry? I'm loving this. Okay. (laughs) Brick-and-mortar retail strengths include the ability to put the brands of cigars directly in the hands of the consumer. That is what brick-and-mortar retailers do. Most cigar brands have been built in brick-and-mortar retail shops only. 
throughout their tasting rooms at cigar lounges across America. Brick-and-mortar shops control the locations so they can control the events. Customers pick up cigars immediately and do not have to wait days uh, for what they, what they want today. Products are hand-delivered in perfect climate-controlled conditions, unlike when a product is bought through a mail order. Friendly faces and face-to-face transactions in each and every state. That's the strength of the brick-and-mortar retailer, as I see it. Our weaknesses include taxation from state to state, while not being able to compete on a level playing field due to no tax on the Internet, including tobacco and sales taxes. Trying to compete with the very companies that supply the retail shops. Some of these companies, these big mail-order giants, are our suppliers. The rising age restriction hurts the last-minute convenient buyer who may now be underage. Internet plays... uh, Players can sell to underage buyers without carding them and cannot be caught. No unity of any kind in numbers. That's our weakness in the cigar industry. We have no unity to uh, combat those um, moves. Uh, No smoking laws and the health stigma that goes along with it. Those are our weaknesses. Our opportunities include smoking lounges that we have, uh, micro brands that maybe not are sold online, and convenient, uh, fresh access to our products. Threats. Threats include government taxation, tighter no-smoking laws, including outside. Which is ridiculous. Barry reports on that each and every week. Uh, more more uh, comp- competition. More competition, thank you. Tighter age restrictions. Talk of higher S-chip tax. It has been five years. They're not getting the money they want because... Um, the consumption is down, so they'll be looking at that. And the FDA lining up for serious restrictions that could lump premium cigars in with all cigars. We don't want that to happen, but that is a threat that's happening to us. Retailers have been getting behind, quote, boutique brands. Again, barrier to entry into the cigar business has become very low, actually the lowest ever. Consumers quickly gain access to manufacturers who will produce small amounts of brands Uh, And before you know it, the brand will be made. Consumers become manufacturers. And while non-manufacturers who are middlemen are working with people in their production to help boost their production numbers up by simply adding production of private labels to their production. Private labels for retailers continue to gain momentum. The problem is... If they're the only one selling it nationally, it is looked at as a house brand and gets little attention or respect at all. So here's the bottom line. The cigar industry is in a slight declining market. The end user, the consumer, demands to spend less because it is so easy to do so, and it is hurting the brick and mortar. Some will not survive. Some retailers will not make it through the coming year. Some retailers will simply go out of business. If these actions continue, buying cigars in a cigar shop will be uncommon, and you will lose your hangout. Cigar shops have been diversifying with cigar lounges and serving alcohol. With the slowdown of cigar sales, they will become bars that serve cigars, not cigar shops that serve alcohol. That's interesting. Another diversification has been vape, e-cigarettes, and other tobacco products. Selling other items along with cigars and not specializing in cigars only has been the direction in 2014. Some of these additions have saved some brick-and-mortar retailers from elimination. The fact is, 
Americans have been holding on to their wobbly washing machines, saggy sofas, dull cigar cutters, and crappy humidors, even longer than the grandparents did 50 years ago. These actions in 2014 is setting the stage for a rebound in consumer spending as old household goods are wearing out. But will they buy them in brick-and-mortar shops? I hope so. I hope so as well. The fact is, most won't. And they will ultimately hurt their business in the long run. The average age for consumers' durable goods, long-lasting items, is at the highest since 1962, according to data of the Bureau of Economic Analysis dating back to 1925. They need a new humidor, lighter, and cutter. That's the good news. The bad news is they will not be buying them in brick-and-mortar retail shops. If this continues, the brick-and-mortar retailer will not survive. Casual spending is down. Figures show consumers are less likely to run up credit card balances with casual expenditures. That's cigars. Cigars are casual expenditures. But the good news is it is very slightly down, and the economy believes to be improving in 2015. The fact is cigars are luxury items, and consumers don't need them. They want them and will pay as less as possible uh, for them. I saw these problems coming three years ago. I put the United Cigar Retailers Group together to stop the direction this was going into. Um, we saw more consolidation in 2014. There'll be lots more in 2015. We talk about that in some past uh, episodes, including the uh, conspiracy episodes. If you haven't heard that one yet, uh, take a listen to it. Just weeks ago, December 17, 2014, President Barack Obama and President of Cuba Raul Castro made it known to all of us that the U.S. and Cuban relations would improve. That was a big one. What does this mean for the cigar industry if this happens? Opportunity for the brick and mortar to survive. There will be a new boom. For the, for the cigar manufacturers, a little hurting at first and then a balance of power. If the embargo lifts, there will be new challenges and new opportunities for all, shortages and growth. That's uh, pretty much it. The Cuban monkey wrench is just that, a monkey wrench that was thrown in the mix at the last minute. My guess is it will create another cigar boom. I sold cigars before, during, and after the last cigar boom of the 90s. I learned a lot, and I still have a lot more to learn. There will be shortages in the market, marketplace on those products. Supply will be lower than demand, so prices will be going up. Dominican and Nicaraguan cigars will be hurt, as everybody will want to smoke Cuban cigars the first year, and then it will level off. We will gain new cigar smokers, but it's going to cost us, with rising cost and faster production. Faster production will cre create inferior cigars under-fermented, poorly constructed, overpriced, and lots of fakes, counterfeit Cubans, and lots of opportunity for the brick-and-mortar retailer. More people, will getting into, more people will be getting into a smaller industry. We'll see more brick-and-mortars opening if that happens. 2014 saw a slight decline in our industry for a lot of different reasons. 2015 looks to have a lot of positives and a lot of negatives. The bottom line is it's going to get very interesting, and there will be uh, what I love most about the cigar industry 
the changes. So bring it on. That's what I see as um, the cigar state of the industry of what I see happening to it. So I don't know if there was any interest there, but I'm sharing it with you, what I put together as a retailer to see what is going on. It sounds a lot like um, some, some sad news or whatever it is. It is. Yeah. It's reality. Okay, it's reality. Um, this is what's happening, how I see it. If you have, feel any different, please share it with me. Let me know what, what you hear and, uh, uh, and think of it, and um, let me know your thoughts. These are my thoughts and my thoughts only. Um, this is an educated thought, a hypothesis. I got lots of information that I could get out there. As I said, I've been putting this together for 19 years, 30 years in the cigar business. This is the way I see it, but we'll see how it plays out. So with that, um, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, uh, we will have Hendrik Kellner Jr. He has some big shoes to fill. His dad is Hendrik Kellner, maker of Davidoff. He's learned a lot from him, but started his own factory and his own brand, Smoking Jacket. He'll join us in just minutes, so stay tuned. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. One, two, Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about It's Not Your Grandfather's Cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next. How about Good to the Last Draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? <laughs> Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yeah, it costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair, genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. When you light a Davidoff cigar, you set aglow the richest tradition of cigar making in the world. You release craftsmanship achieved by our investment in that most precious of commodities, time. The time it takes to create a Davidoff cigar as it passes through 600 hands before it arrives in yours. The time it takes to age and mature the tobacco which fills a Davidoff cigar, sometimes as much as 10 years. The time it takes to hand-pick, hand-roll, and then carefully hand-check each individual cigar before it is fit to wear the legendary Davidoff white band. In every second of enjoyment, there are decades of experience. In every way, it is time beautifully filled. Cigar smokers, how about if we go over a few cigar store sounds? Can you guess what this is? Think you got it? Okay, do you know what this is? Now for the cigar. What do you think of this cigar? I'm lighting up a Lagiana Havana cigar. The Lagiana Havana natural cigars are, oh yeah, so smooth. And oh yeah, the Maduro version is a bit beefed up. But oh yeah. 
they're delicious too. When asked what my favorite cigar is, I always say it's La Giana Havana. Oh, yeah. There was a time when cigars were the hallmark of elegance and success. In this time gone by, the aficionado would revel in opening a beautiful box, only to find their favorite celebratory smoke emblazoned with a heritage-laden band. It's time to put the bundle down and travel back to this golden age. For your voyage, may we humbly suggest the only cigar worthy of being packaged in a handmade marble box. Berlin Wall Series from Hammer and Sickle. Live well. And we're back. You're listening to The Cigar Authority, a weekly broadcast about cigars and the nonsense surrounding them. Does the acorn fall far from the tree? I don't think so. <laughs> With us is Hendrik Kellner, Jr. He's the son of Hanky Kellner, the, of Davidoff fame, and uh, you got some big shoes to fill there. Uh, well, first, uh, thanks, Dave, for having me here. There we go. And, uh, yep, I, I worked with my dad for 20 years at uh, Davidoff. Uh, yes. Even before Davidoff uh, came to Dominican Republic, we had our factory called Tabadom, and we made uh, Avo, Griffins, uh, uh, and other brands also. Yes. And uh, when they were looking for a place to make the cigars so they can go into the U.S. market and leave Cuba, uh, they found my dad's company by by chance, yeah. and then we started making Davidoff. So yeah, I've, I've learned a lot from him, and I'm very so grateful. So 20 years you were there. How old are you now? I'm 41. 41. So uh, you did 20 years uh, with that factory. You certainly learned a lot. Uh, many times I was down there. I, I saw you working in there. Uh, stay with him. Here we go. Okay. Um, I saw uh, you working with him. You, you did all aspects. O- over those years, you handled everything, uh, production all the way through, right? That's right. My dad wanted me to learn all the aspects of the business. So even when I was a little kid and still in, uh, even before high school, I used to work summers. So they had me working in the packing, in the warehouses, in the fermentation piles, all over the place. Uh, that, that was very smart of your dad because later on you decide, okay, I'm going to go off on my own. Start your own factory, everything up, out on your own, and you needed to know every single thing. And now here you are with a, a small factory. What's the factory called? Uh, my factory is called KBF, which stands for Kellner Boutique Factory. Okay. And like the name says, it's a really a boutique factory because it's really small and it's really quality-oriented. And we're not into mass production or anything like that. We do uh, my brand, Smoking Jacket, and several others, uh, private labels that are starting now to do really well. Okay, so you're going to make cigars for yourself and then for other um, retailers or people that, that want to have a, a cigar brand made by you, yeah, they can do that. especially people that understand cigars, understand tobacco, and are, are really interested in low-volume quality cigars. Uh, basically, nice guys that want to do that, I'm in for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have to be nice guys. They have to no be jerks. nice guys. No nice jerks. So chance. we're out. We're out. Uh, no, you have a good chance. Yeah. <laughs> so um, how long ago did you begin the, the, the um, factory? Uh, July 2012, so two okay. and a half years. Ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you got your cigar out a little over a year ago. The, you know, your exactly. cigar finally came to market. Um, it's smoking jacket. I'm wearing the smoking jacket in respect you. for you today. <laughs> I only get it out once a year when you come to town. Um, why smoking jacket? Okay, uh, when I uh, left my old job at Davidoff, I 
I had I knew I had a very powerful name and last name, and my dad, you know, stayed working at Davidoff and have great relations with the Davidoff people. They distributed my brand in the U.S., so I didn't want to use or impose my name right away. Okay. So I figured let's do something that everybody can relate to, something that is uh, tobacco-like, something that is elegant and simple. And I just figured, well, why not smoking jacket? Uh, it's something that I, I really, although uh, the, it's not the classical smoking jacket. I think any jacket that you feel comfortable smoking with is your smoking jacket. Yeah, yeah. But, of course, if you have to represent it, you have to go to the classic traditional uh, velvet with black uh, lapel. Now, you, yes. have, you have four sizes. And yes. what is the thought process behind making the blend subtly different for each of the four sizes? Yeah, well, that's a good question, and I get... Uh, ask this a lot. Uh, yeah, because just so that people understand that there are four sizes and each one is different. You, usually it's, there each one is a different size, but in, in your case, each one has different tobacco in it. Yeah, when you, um, every time you do a cigar, uh, you do it in one size and you test several blends. When you decide the blend that you like, then you have to reproduce that blend in different sizes. And what it happens, sometimes you lose the magic of the original size in which you made the blend. Correct. And you need to adjust the blend for the other sizes. So knowing that, I just say, you know, I, I like this blend on a Robusto. If I do it on a Lonsdale or on a Churchill, it'll be different. So just make it slightly different for each size and change a little bit of the components. And since I didn't want to go big, you know, with too many lines, I just figure four sizes, four similar but not the same blend. Yeah, you, you really have four different brands in the smoking jacket. What I mean, I've smoked that? them all through. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. they, each one uh, are different from it. The, the one we're smoking here, uh, this is the short Robusto. This has special tobacco that is made just for you. Exactly, yeah. I have, uh, I'm lucky to, through my years in Davidoff and through my dad's connection, I get uh, special tobaccos from different suppliers. And even now, my sister, uh, Monica, is growing tobacco in Dominican Republic, especially for me. So that's a very uh, unique tobacco that I use in some of my brands, and that's present on, on my smoking jackets. Of the four sizes, do you have a preference to which one is your personal favorite? Does it depend on time of day, time of year? I mean, which is of the four sizes, which size do you smoke the most? Yeah, out of the four sizes, there's one size, the 46 by 6, and it's called Favoritos. Favoritos in Spanish means favorite. So when I came out with that, uh, I called it Favorito because it was my favorite size. And I really liked the blend uh, there. Uh, later on, I made, I think, better blends on, on the probably the Robusto or more complex blends. But my size is the that I like to smoke is the 46 by 6 Favorito. For me, I enjoy the Pelo de Oro that's in the Robusto. True. And I think it's only in that size that you use Pelo de Oro. Pelo de Oro is in, in the Robusto, right. in the 52 by 5, yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you keep it all straight, man? I mean, the band is the same and the box is the same. How do you remember what is in what? Uh, well, the different sizes uh, are very and they're not uh, similar sizes. So there's a short Robusto, a Robusto, a Churchill size, which is the Toro Magno, and the Favorito. So just by size, you know which one is what. And, of course, you have all the blends written down, and uh, that's pretty standard yeah. in factory. Yeah. Now, uh, you decided this is what tastes best on, on this blend, this is what tastes best on that blend. Uh, I see a lot of manufacturers out there. We were talking earlier. A lot of people are coming out with 60 ring-gauge cigars. You chose not to. You went... Uh, traditional uh, smaller sizes because of the blend, or this is what you like? Uh, in my brand, I do what I like. Yeah, and uh, f- a 60, uh, for me, I cannot open my mouth that wide. Yeah. So I said 56 will be the highest, the, the, the thickest ring gauge, and that's on the short Robusto. Yeah. 
Maybe for a limited edition, we'll do something like that. Yeah. Are there tobaccos in the world that you've wanted to work with? And this is my gateway into the Cuba thing, which we'll get to in a second. But are there tobaccos that you've heard about or that you're curious about or maybe even that you're experimenting with uh, that for whatever reason you haven't used and you want to use? Uh, yeah, through my years uh, in, in Davidoff and with my dad, I, I've known a lot of tobaccos. I'm lucky enough to get about all the tobaccos that I wanted. Uh, but yes, there are some tobaccos that we're still uh, developing with my sister and uh, with other companies, and that's coming in the future. Do you look forward to the embargo with Cuba lifting so that you can have access to Cuban tobacco as an ingredient, or do you feel that it's completely overrated? Uh, I think Cuban tobacco was great back in the day. Uh, now it can be great, but uh, I visited Cuba in the year 2000, and what I found was uh, the lands are being overplanted, mm. uh, too much uh, planting without letting the land rest. So it has a great potential. I think it's, uh, it's a great marketing tool, and I think it can be great, uh, but you need to do it right. And well, the, once you do it right, yes, it is very interesting. The reality, I, as I see it, and David touched on this in his cigar, the uh, State of the Cigar Industry address, is that Cuba, once the embargo does lift, we're going to see a cigar boom. They're not going to let their land rest at all. Mm-hmm. It probably won't happen until people realize that it is a lot of hype kind of behind that, the, the whole mystique of Cuban tobacco. And at the point that their sales decline, maybe then they'll have time to rest the fields. But it, it, they're going to be overplanting and maybe mowing things down to, uh, to plant more. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, I think it will be good for the tobacco industry in general because it will create excitement again. Sure. People that are not really into cigars, oh, Cuba open, let me try one. And this is going to be a lot of confusion, too, because there are some tobaccos that are made in the Dominican Nicaragua that use Cuban war or Cuban seed. This is going to be a lot of confusion. But yeah. once they smoke it, once they try it, yes, yeah, some people keep smoking Cubans. Others will say, well, I like my Dominican or my Nicaraguan better than this. Mm. Once they are able to try it without the, the myth and with all the mystery. Why combine Dominican tobacco and Nicaraguan tobacco? Uh, yeah, well, it's a good question. I think uh, Dominican tobacco has some qualities, and Nicaraguan tobacco has some qualities, too. And for the balance, I like some Dominican, some Nicaraguan in most of my blends. I recommend that, but, of course, it's up to the the owner of the brand. I sure. think Nicaragua gives you some power. Uh, also, the tobacco from Condega has uh, some qualities and all, all, um, other areas in Nicaragua. And combined with Dominicans, with the different seeds that we're working now in Dominican, I think you can get great smokes from, from that. Absolutely. Well, in the next hour, we're going to smoke a cigar you brought uh, to us that I never saw before. What, what is this? Oh, well, that's uh, El Cedro is one of the brands that I make, and it's from uh, uh, Anwar in New Jersey. And it's just uh, when you have a factory, you know, people come to you with dreams, yeah, uh, and they want to make those dreams into a cigar, and sometimes uh, it's a nice story. Sometimes it's successful. Uh, it's very boutique, and uh, like that one, we have several others uh, at, at the KBF factory in Dominican Republic. So I've actually smoked one of those before. They're pretty good. Of this, yeah. Back when I lived in New York, um, I think they've been out for at least a few years. Uh, yeah, like a year and a half. Okay, yeah. yeah I remember yeah. getting my hands on a couple. They were pretty good. Well, we're going to smoke it in the next hour. Tell us about this. Why is this different? Uh, this is a different blend, and uh, that one has the whole line. It's only two sizes on that line. That's how small it is. Okay. And it has my sister's wrapper, uh, Cotui. Uh, Cotui is the land, and uh, Criollo 98 is the seed. So it's a, it's, a, it's a very nice, uh, different cigar. So 
something to. All right, we're going to smoke yeah. it on the next hour and see what that. Uh, what are the other brands? You want to uh, let people know uh, other brands that you make out there? Maybe they'll see in cigar stores across the country. Oh yeah, uh, us. Uh, here I am also, you know, the maker of smoking jacket, but I'm also, and most importantly, KBF uh, is my factory. And one of the brands that is really, really doing well, and we're very, very proud, is Caval. Uh, Chris Rolfo in Texas is doing a great job with that. It's really picking up, and that's one of the brands that we're uh, most proud of. How do you spell that? Caval, C-A-V-A-L. Caval. Okay. A few, a few weeks ago, we reported that we saw, we, you know, we've been keeping track of trademarks. And we noticed that you, your factory trademarked uh, Master Blender. Is this something that you're prepared to talk about, or would you rather keep it a secret to IPCPR or whenever you do plan on releasing it? Yeah, Master Blender is a family project. Uh, that brand belongs to my brother-in-law, mm-hmm. uh, who's into several businesses in the Dominican Republic. And this is something that has not been made yet. Okay. It's something that we're working on, and we'll see what, what, com- what happens with that. Okay. Fair enough. So where does um, Hanky Kellner Jr. go from here? Uh, well, uh, for me, the main thing is uh, to make great cigars. And uh, I've learned a lot, and I've learned a lot lately. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I plan to you know, keep working on tobacco, keep developing n- uh, newer blends, and searching uh, for you know, the best cigar. And we work very hard at it. And we'll continue to do that. So you're talking, uh, the factory is a very small boutique. How small? How many rollers? Oh, we only have uh, right now four rollers. Four rollers. So it's very, very limited. It's like 1,000 cigars a day. Wow. And that's it. And, of course, we have a lot of back orders now that I'm trying to say, you know, give me a chance. Uh, We'll make it next year. Yeah, I have a recommendation. Four more rollers. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, uh, it's not like here, come and work. Yeah, yeah. And even if they say they're rollers... You need to retrain them yes, in the, the, in right, the way. right way to do the cigars. And we don't want to, you know, we don't want to rush for sure. We don't, we don't need to rush. Listen, you have one chance at a first impression. This exactly. is your first impression. Make, make the impression good. But, uh, you know, um, with, with, with a possible boom that happens in the cigar industry, if the embargo lifts, I think you're going to see lots of people trying to get in the industry like they did in 1990. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big inf- influx of it. Maybe, uh, you know, you're going to be a, a certainly go-to place to go there. So get ready for it. Um, so do you find any uh, problem with the, um, you know, stepping into your dad's shoes that people are looking at you as, you know, they expect a lot from you, in other words? <laughs> well, yeah, that's uh, for sure. But for me, I'm just being grateful that I got this chance. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be in this business that I liked, you know, so much. And yes. he has helped me a lot. And he's a great advisor, and uh, I'm very thankful for being his son. It's no pressure whatsoever. Well, it's certainly uh, your fi- it's in your blood. I mean, it's in the family blood. Very There's no good. doubt about it. So it's uh, what we do. It's it, what we've always done. So. It is. So uh, continued success. If uh, you folks have never tried the smoking jacket before. Uh, Go into your local brick-and-mortar store, look for Smoking Jacket, give it a try. Remember, it's four sizes, it's four different blends. So if you said you smoked one, you didn't smoke them all. you got to actually, this is a brand, you have to smoke each and every size because every one of them is a, is a brand within itself. So you have to do that. If, you, if your local brick-and-mortar store doesn't sell it, tell them to. Bring it in, right? Absolutely. Right. And they can get it through... Uh, uh, Davidoff okay. is doing the distribution yeah. in selected re- uh, brick-and-mortar shops in the okay. U.S. So, so through Davidoff, you can uh, 
get a hold of him. Okay, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, when we come back, we got Cigar News with Barry. Gentleman Chuck Morrison gets debonair. News from the asylum. Old Fart Freddy uh, is better than ever from what I understand. And uh, lots more. So stick around, everybody. We're going to be back with hour number two in just minutes. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. And you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. <laughs> and uh, when you're smoking your smoking jacket, short Robusto, always remember, keep the lid end out of your mouth. We'll be right back with our number two right here on the Cigar Authority. Some football players today remind me of Cuban cigars. They're weaker, they talk too much, and they don't pack the same punch they used to. Take it from Mike Ditka, member of Camacho's Board of the Bold, and check out the new Camacho Corojo line of smokes. Built for the expert palate and fine-tuned for maximum flavor impact, consistency, and quality. In a world where the success of a cigar brand is recognized by its flavor comes two that go head-to-head. One man smoking two cigars at the same time. Two rappers united in name, but separated by taste. One cigar known as the natural. The natural is no lightweight. It boasts full flavor and taste. The United Cigar Natural. Now comes the Maduro. Darker and even more bolder. With in-your-face flavor. United Cigar. Nothing could prepare you for what awaits you in the box. Both box-pressed. Both 65 million years in the making. Uh, that may be wrong. Well, I'm going with it anyway. Action. Adventure. And bromance. That's right. Bromance. United Cigar. Available in natural or Maduro. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailer shops nationwide. Rated D for delicious. Under 18, not admitted even with a parent. United Cigars. You don't have to choose. Smoke them both. Founded in 1989 by Mariana and Nestor Miranda, Miami Cigar & Company proudly celebrates their 25th anniversary with the release of their flagship brand, the Nestor Miranda Collection. Made in Esteli, Nicaragua by Don Pepin Garcia, the collection is available in three distinct wrappers aimed to please even the toughest critic. Nestor Miranda Collection. You only get one life. How will you live yours? This is Jonathan Carney with the Florida Vancana. I'm J.R. Dominguez. This is John Hart. This is Victor Vitale. Hi, this is Pete Johnson. Steve Saka. Hi, this is Phil Zangi. This is a little bit of shake. Is the Cigar Authority. Man, face. The authority on everything cigar. Shake it back. In. And out of the cigar industry. Do it. With your hosts. That's a lovely accent you have. David Garofalo. New Jersey. Austria. Austria. <laughs> Well then, good day, mate. Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Mr. Jonathan. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, or as our brothers to the south call you, hey Zeus, we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of dominoes, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. Barry Stein. That's what I love about these high school girls. I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> and Chuck Morrison. Is this your place? No, 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 no. No, I live with my mom. Oh. Yeah. You hungry? Hey, Ma! 
Bring it to me loud. It's time to light them up. There's no smoking in here. It's time. It's all right, darling. I'm a volunteer fireman. For the Cigar Authority. Hey, shake it back, gal. Shake it back. Do it. Light them up, everybody. We're back with hour number two live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. In this hour, it's Cigar News with Barry. We'll get debonair with gentleman Chuck Morrison. New cigars hitting the shelf, and we'll look to our calendar for upcoming interviews and events and lots more. Welcome, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. That's right. You're listening to the Cigar Authority, the only show in the U.S. and, yes, the world that is always broadcast on location this week High atop the worldwide headquarters of Two Guys Smoke Shop, and we're the only show that doesn't just allow smoking. We insist and demand that you light up along with us. You tune in at thecigarauthority.com, where you can watch this mess live or catch the podcast on demand at any time. Simply find us on iTunes or YouTube, where you can set it and forget it on both. So why are we not in the radio studio doing the show where it would be much easier to do it? Because they don't let us smoke there, so we have never broadcast in the studio. It's never. Total crap. So that's the idea Five of what the show strong, is. Five years always on location. That's right. We yeah. did broadcast from a radio studio once. We went on someone else's show. <laughs> yeah, and we asked if we could light up, and they said no. They got very nervous when we had cigars. <laughs> they were less than, uh, less than we pleased. Were, we were very, they were very nervous, but they actually took them with gratitude and said they were smoking them later. But anyway, uh, this is the smoking jacket. This was a short Robusto? Uh, short Robusto, four and a half by 56, I think it was. It is, yeah, 56. Mm-hmm. Hang on. I like the Robusto the best. Yeah, fifty-six. Uh, but I will say, and I and I smoked the uh, the thinner one that he mentioned, the favorito, uh, earlier today, and smoked this. I'm going to say this is my second favorite to the robusto, short robusto, favorito, in my Toro Magneto or whatever it is. I was yeah. worried about the longer, the larger ring gauge, but the cigar. It was extremely flavorful yeah. for me. My second favorite as well. Different taste to it. Is there is there much of a difference? Of the blend, tremendous. Yeah. tremendous. What yeah. I'm going to yeah. do is I'm going to have to smoke two at the same time yeah. because I want to be able to feel the difference. Don't try that at home, kids. We're professionals. <laughs> two at the same time. Don't do it. So here is uh, El Cedro. El Cedro. Now, Cedro means cedar, yep, right. doesn't it? Yep. And the cigar is uh, a project between Hanky's uh, Factory KBF and Anwar El Bustani. Who experienced what he called love at first smoke while stationed in Iraq with the U.S. Navy. He had a cigar for the first time, and he fell in love with it. If you look closely on the band, there's uh, three characters from the Phoenician alphabet. I thought it said 19 cents. Which which looks like 19 cents, but it's the Phoenician characters for A-R-Z, which translates to cedar, referring to the ancient Mediterranean cedar trees, which dot the mountains of Lebanon. So should it be very cedary? I'm assuming it would have a woody profile. Woody. Giggity. Giggity. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And it features a Dominican wrapper from, from Katui, uh, a region in the Dominican Republic. It has a Dominican binder, and the filler is 70% Dominican and 30% Nicaraguan. Because he loves that combination. And I, I'm going to say I like it. You like it, too? I like the combination. Okay. You said it. I said it. You said it. All right, let's give this bad boy a cut and light and see what it's all about. It's time to cut our cigars. The official cutting is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that, while all other cigar brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. That's Perdomo Cigars. 
And uh, we're going to light this bad boy with the TL100, quite possibly the worst name for a lighter that I've ever seen. But this lighter... It's the Lotus. This lighter is badass. It's a Lotus lighter. It's got two onboard bullet punches. You got a small ring gauge. You got a larger ring gauge. You got a big adjustment wheel, three flames, pinpoint accuracy. Big window in here so you can see the amount of gas you have in there. Which is about a half a can of gas. I mean, this thing holds some gas. Those that are watching on the video feed of this, as opposed to listening, um, I'm I'm pointing it at it. It, It's three jets. And instead of the jets just uh, usually they're in like a circle, a triangle right. Right. of it. They put them side by side. And they and, angle, and they they angle, angle them out down. To the out, outer jets to push them in. Yeah, and then they end up pointing down, and they, they make a, uh, a pinpoint, so far away from the cigar I light. Speaking it, of loose cannons, your go. mom just walked in. <laughs> <laughs> we could have her on the show, but oh, uh, we, don't have a, yeah, we don't have a bleep button. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> due to FCC regulations... Um, so, give this thing a light. And we've got a large studio audience. Seventy nine ninety nine, by the way, for this lighter, and a, a bargain at that. It's a, uh, you know, I say tweener, but I would say I want, I would rather this more on my desk than I would in my pocket. I think it's mm. heavy. It's a lot of, lot of metal to this. Uh, well, we we keep one of these behind the register in every single one of the stores in case we get robbed. We yeah, could club somebody it with it. <laughs> Actually, it looks a little bit like a taser. As well as a razor. You know, I, I, uh, we're going to have the manager's meeting coming up uh, later in the week. But uh, I went through some numbers of um, d- different cigars that sold and things like that. And uh, one of the things that stood out was Lotus Lighters. Mm. Wow. Are these things selling? Huh? Yeah, they are. I mean, every single model of everything they have, these guys are doing it um, better than anyone. I agree. The, pri- uh, the price is right. Oh, my God. The price is from, uh, from $10 up. So uh, grab yourself a Lotus lighter. I mean, uh, Lotus, Black Label, uh, Vertigo, all the same company. So, so there's definitely a nice amount of spice on the retrohale on this cigar. I wouldn't know because I don't retrohale because it makes me gag. Okay. <laughs> I just did a little. It's tough for me, too, but... It, it, it's uh, not overpowering, but, boy, it's a different taste. There's a little bit. You did it, Mr. Jonathan. <laughs> I remember Which is always entertaining. It's the best. I remember when I first started smoking, and I'm sure Hanky knows Jose Blanco very well. He, he ripped into me for not retrohaling. He told me I was not enjoying the cigar in the proper way. And he sat there making me retrohale every few puffs. That's blowing it out your nose, nose right? Without and definitely, taking it in your lungs. And it definitely changes the experience significantly. Yeah, it makes it worse. Yeah. But Way you know, worse. No, you know see, what? The nose heightens. Your nose gets more aromas than your tongue gets the flavors. So by enhance, and by embracing the aroma of the cigar, it makes it easier to identify certain notes and flavors. I agree 100% with it, but I choose not to because as a retailer, my, the consumer, the U.S. consumer does not do that. Right. So if I was to do that, I would be tasting different than the average consumer would be. So I try to taste for them. I have to put different hats on. We carry lots and lots of different cigars. I have to, you know, I, I may tend to have a lighter palate and like something a little lighter, but I have to buy and, and choose fuller-bodied cigars too. And, you know, pe- uh, the U.S. consumer smokes a certain way. I don't know if they do through the whole 
world? I, I, I would think the majority of the U.S. smoker does not retro right. So I try to smoke like them when, when I, and, and saying this is what they're tasting. Yeah, that's my excuse, too. It's not because I'm a big wuss. Pandic? Yeah. <laughs> Boy, this is nice, though. This is so different than the last cigar we it smoked. Is. I mean, it's, it's way, way different. I am loving What's the wrapper on this? It's a Dominican from uh, area in Dominican uh, called Katui. It's, uh, I think uh, Hanky said it was a wrapper grown by his sister. His sister, yep. yeah. Yep. I love it. I love the look of it and the taste of it. Yeah. I love it. It's very wow. good. Wow. This has a nice uh, um, coffee with a little cream in it look. Yeah, if your coffee tasted like applesauce with a hint of cinnamon and clove. And hang on. Chinese people. Little, there's a little nutmeg in there. <laughs> yeah. I think what happened was you took a sip of your coffee, and that's clouding your judgment. No, it's good. Yeah, it is. It's very... You don't like applesauce? It's all right. A little applesauce. Now, are we talking homemade, or are we talking mozz? First of all, I don't <laughs> eat any sauce that's not mots? homemade. I don't do mozz. <laughs> Make my own applesauce. Thank you. Here we go. And he, and he mixes his own Kool-Aid from, from occasion. <laughs> <laughs> Is that for hitting home? There we go. <laughs> Here we go. Nailed it. So, so new cigars hitting the shelf, Barry Stein. What do we got? Nothing. <laughs> All right, Barry. There we need no, to go over this one more time. <laughs> when you have nothing during our show prep meetings on Thursday, you are to tell us that you have nothing. See, I will use that. That it was the Happy New Year. It was January first. Yeah. No. David was nice enough to give us the day off. Therefore, I was not at the meeting. Therefore, there's your mistake right there because I, I was it out at the meeting right in the middle of the show. What um, This is the time of year. Not a lot comes in. You would expect the new year. Here comes the new cigars yeah. and all that stuff. Not this industry. Uh, I, I saw uh, 2014 is gone. The 20th anniversary of the Flor Dominicana Stein with the special cigars in it is now the 21st anniversary. <laughs> I'm waiting for the 100th anniversary of Toro Fuente, which was two years ago. That hasn't come out yet. These people, these Dominicans, they, they're on a different time. Altogether. So, different time. Altogether. Yep. My God, everything is so delayed. You, uh, I didn't realize the 20th anniversary was 20 years after. It was, you know, it's 2021, 20, 22. Well, we, we, had a, we had an event with, the, with uh, Hendrik Kellner today here in the, in the shop, and the event starts at 10 o'clock, and he came in at 5 minutes at 10 yep, to beautiful. let us know he was leaving <laughs> to go bring his wife someplace. I'll be back in an to hour. To the mall. They yeah, have to I'll do shopping. You. I'll see you later. Yeah, it's a whole different thing. But time, we love them. We time, love them. Time is a different thing. Okay, so you got no new cigars coming in, and that's understandable. But bad news, Barry, must have some bad news because I don't think the politics stop. No, we'll start off with uh, something good news. Okay. And this comes to us from Cigar Journal. Uh, the London Ladies Cigar Club was launched uh, at Dunhill Tobacco of London. They hosted the first LLCC event, and it was started by Lala Carr, and uh, she launched her London Ladies Cigar Club on the 17th of December, and she felt it was a, something that was needed for like-minded women to meet, relax, engage in developing ideas and friendships through the club and its events. Um, she was delighted that it was supported so well, and that comes from our friends at Cigar Journal. Quick question. Yes. Going back to your um, state of the cigar industry address. Yes. What percentage would you say of cigar, premium cigar smokers are female? It's got to be so small. Not even 1%. Not even. 
So this is a good sign. This is a listen. We could double sales if we can get women to <laughs> to love and enjoy cigars. Yeah. There is a small, small minority that do. Uh, unfortunately, for the most part, this is how I see it. Again, this is just my opinion. In thirty years in the cigar business, they women, for the most part, do not like the aroma of cigars. Uh, I'll take that as far as a man that comes in the store and he's got two children with him, a five-year-old and a six-year-old. One's a boy, one's a girl. And he comes in on Saturday morning to get his box of cigars. And he walks in with them and the little boy's eyes open up and he's looking all around and the little girl immediately grabs her nose and puts her head down. She doesn't mean anything, but she, she despises what she's smelling and seeing. And the little boy loves it. And this is what I've saw for 30 years. Sure. It's a guy thing. And hey, I'm going to get some bad letters. And I'm a girl and I like cigars and stuff. You are the minority, dramatically the minority. And I wish there were more of you. But unfortunately, that's the way I see it. I love to see something like this happening. Maybe they can understand and enjoy it better. And I, I wish there was one up here. Um, in New Hampshire, if we had one, it would be great. Uh, but London, hey, here they go, yeah. and uh, I hope it works out, and, uh, and that's great news. That's not good news. That's great news. And in other news this week, uh, Suffolk County, which is the eastern end of Long Island in the state of New York, they moved to the age of 21, while Nassau County to the west remains at 19. Here it comes. Here E.P. Caillo named the new VP of Sales and Marketing, tapping David Lampert at the position. Before coming to EPC, he worked as a sales representative for Alec Bradley. And lastly, this week on Saints and Sinners, Pete Johnson mentioned that the Tatuaje M80 will be returning. Yeah, that's out of the bag. Yep, originally launched as a limited edition in 2011 for Two Guys Smoke Shop. The cigar will once again be an exclusive for the retailer again. While it will be a regular production cigar, it is expected to be in limited numbers. And uh, we look forward to that arriving, hopefully, in time for the 4th of July holiday um, in 2015. There were no new trademarks filed this week as most of the cigar industry shuts down for the holidays. And with the upcoming sales meetings in January throughout the industry, we expect a flurry of new trademarks shortly thereafter. One thing that did come in or one thing we got some samples of and maybe we'll smoke it next week is the new reintroduction of Avo Cigars. Hmm. So uh, they repackaged. Uh, did they reblend? They say they didn't. The packaging is different. We're going to smoke them. We're going to see what it's all about. Uh, but it's going to be a big year for Avo. Um, it's celebrating his 89th birthday and um, wow. repackaging design and stuff. We saw the things that they uh, Davidoff did with Camacho. It was unbelievable. And let's see if they're going to pull it off again. Can they do it twice? I think so. Yeah, I, I think smoked one this past week, and it was a long time between uh, – Experience with an Avo cigar, sure. and I was thoroughly impressed. Right, Matter of fact, I want to say the cigar tasted like it was re-blended. I mean, it's been 10 years since I probably smoked one, but it was totally different than I remember it. All right. Okay, is that it? That's it. All right, it's time to take a peek into the asylum for some crazy news from the asylum. They're coming to take me away, ha-ha, they're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time, and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away, ha-ha! Thank God your mom left before this one. It's oh, time God. for news from the Insane Asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true, or are they? 
Brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 6x80. Asylum Cigars take no prisoners. In Wausau, Wisconsin, uh, court documents obtained by the Northwestern.com claim that Jared Kreff was found inside a barn with a marijuana pipe and a jar of petroleum jelly. Oh, God. He was also wearing a face mask and blue wind pants with the holes cut out around the crotch and other areas. Kreft admitted to the police that before he was found inside the barn with an unnamed horse, that he had helped his friend Jack off said horse. The police found no such person in the vicinity and charged him as though the last sentence did not in fact have commas in it. Police searched Kreft's apartment and found marijuana, though they did not find any horse porn. Likely it was because he likes to make his own. That's insane. That's asylum. They're coming to take me away, ha-ha. They're coming to take me away, ho-ho. To the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time. And I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats. And they're coming to take me away, ha-ha. Help Jack off the horse. See... Help! You're going to be using that again. Yeah. That, that's going to make its way back. I got a feeling it certainly will. In uh, another in segment, an upcoming <laughs> segment, uh, it perhaps will make in another appearance. You, you guys think this is easy? So I pick these silly asylum stories and I get all excited because it's going to have the wow factor. But then I have to read it. Yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a quiver. All right, uh, it's time for us to roll out the casting couch, Barry, uh, here at Two Guys Smoke Shop. Uh, from time to time, we put uh, interesting commercials out there on TV. Uh, this one is not for TV. It's for the Internet. It'll be for the Internet. It's January 23rd, which is Friday, between 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. Uh, we invite any ladies listening to the show. Both of you. To come on down and try out on our casting couch uh, for the decision to be used for the commercial and possibly for future promotions. And uh, information can be found on twoguyscigars.com. There's also a listing on Model Mayhem. Okay, so we're going to have a bunch of models here on Friday. What's the date? January 23rd. January 23rd at 5 to 7 o'clock. Uh, they're all going to come in. There's going to be a couch there. I see uh, our buddy Tom over here doing the math. Is he going to be around? He's got a smile on his face. Uh, it ought to be interesting anyway. And um, the um, producer of the thing will be here, and uh, somehow he's going to pick. We have nothing to do with it. Uh, I'll make you a judge, though. Tom can be a judge. He likes that. He, he likes that. Uh, so we got that to look forward to. Uh, what do you got in the mailbag, Mr. Jonathan? All right. The following message was submitted through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com. Guys, in your opinion, uh, is your opinion of smoking jacket still as high as it was? Oh, uh, how, how, it uh, is an odd offering as the way it is described. When did is, he send this? Isn't this odd? Uh, December 10th. December 10th. Yeah. Uh, it is an odd offering as the way it is described. It's odd. Uh, it's almost like it has four different cigars rather than sizes. Do you find that to be true? Uh, it seems like you need to get the four-pack sampler to try them all rather than go to your go-to size at first. Any help on this is appreciated. Signed, David. So uh, no, no listing of where he's from, though. Okay. No, so it can't be you. It's a legit email address, okay. and you don't have a Mac.com address. Um, anyway, so now you know it is four different cigars completely 
Um, they are different, uh, not astronomically different, uh, like this cigar is astronomically different than uh, the other ones. This one, as we're smoking, and you're, and you're blowing it through your nose, I'm not doing that, but um, aromatic is what I'd call this. Like the Dombadigno yeah, one yeah, that, yeah. We, that I say when I smoke that, it's so aromatic more than taste. It's the sure. aroma of the cigar totally. is intense. I mean, it's fantastic. Very, very different. I like it. Yeah, it's very good. So, um, okay, I hate to go there, but I'm going there anyway. It's time to, to take a peek into the aging room with Old Fat Freddy. It's time to step into the aging room. Sometimes aging makes a great cigar even better, just like aging room cigars. They're made in small batches from rare and limited 100% Dominican tobaccos. And here in our aging room is Old Fart Freddy. Nowadays, spacecraft can travel unmanned to the nether regions of space. In my day, no matter how big the shaft was on your telescope, there was just no way to see the ring of debris around Uranus. Well, Nowadays, everything <laughs> is replaceable. If a doll's head pops off, you just buy a new toy. In my day, Papa Fart Freddy owned a doll repair shop. If you needed a little head, he could give you a little head. Nowadays, if you want to get laid, you have to go to Hawaii. There were always pretty girls waiting at the bottom of the stairs, ready to lay the shit out of you. In my day, hey, finally there is something that's freaking the same. We were head-getting men who flew to Hawaii to get laid and thought that Uranus was clean as a whistle. Sometimes, aging makes a great cigar even Too better. Far this week. Too Just far. like aging room cigars. Made in Thank small God batches from week. rare and limited 100% Dominican tobacco... Try aging room cigars from Boutique Blends. Some things are better aged. Some are not. I got a little crazy choking my blow-up doll, but I don't think Papa can fix this one. Too far. <laughs> oh, God, dude. Too far. We're going to lose an advertiser. <laughs> you say that every week. No, you're going too far. Yeah. You, you, reel you, may, want to take, you may want to take next week off then. <laughs> I can tell you it's already done, and it's spectacular. All right, so uh, today is January 3rd, and this classic day in classic history is brought to you by Classic Cigars. You've heard of epic rap battles. But now it's time for the epic battle. Wow, it's kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. For this day. Tell anyone about this, I'll kill you. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. In classic history. Is looking at you, kid. Brought to you by Classic Cigars. Nervous? Yes. All classic cigars are handmade and imported from the Dominican Republic, and every cigar is priced under, get this, under $3 per cigar. You like that, baby? Let him know where I came from, yeah! Choose any blend, including the classic Connecticut for its mild and smooth taste, the classic Maduro for its bold and spicy flavor, or the classic Cuban for its sweet, sun-grown, and nutty overtones. That's Undertones, you idiot. Whichever classic you choose, it's a classic cigar. Available at twoguyscigars.com. That's twoguyscigars.com. Celebrate today with a classic cigar. All right. This is the little game we play. We just have five people celebrating their birthday today uh, on my list. And it's up to you guys to figure out. I am the champion, and I'm wagering this is my guess right here. I'm going with olives. 
olives. No, this would be a date. We're looking for the date without going over of this person's birthday. That's how simple it is. Today is Eli Manning's birthday. Eli Manning, you know who he is, the NFL quarterback who was named MVP in two Super Bowls leading the New York Giants to victory over the New England Patriots on both occasions. He was selected first overall by the San Diego Chargers, then traded to the Giants. Um, and he and his younger brother of fellow Super Bowl MVP Peyton Manning. Eli Manning was born today. What year was he born? Mr. Jonathan. Olives. 1978. 1978, he says. Barry Stein. You can give me the two points right now, 1982. 1982. And Chuck. 83. 83. You guys are both over. Mr. Jonathan takes the point. It's 81. 81. Point for Mr. Jonathan. That's right. It's 2015 now. It's 2015. But he's still born in 81. It doesn't matter what year it is now. (laughs) But whatever. Today's the birthday of Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, star of Braveheart, Lethal Weapons. He also starred in The Patriot, Mad Max, and produced Hamlet and The Singing Detective. He wrote and directed The Passion of Christ, and became a, uh, which became a cult classic among Christian viewers and received criticism from the Jews. Mel Gibson celebrating his birthday today. Barry Stein, what year was he born? 1947. 1947. 1959. 1959. I'm going to split Jonathan. the difference and say 1950. 1956. <clears throat> Mr. Jonathan gets two points. You are on a roll here. That's not, a roll. Let's not go crazy. Let's not go crazy. We can tie it up with one, Barry. <clears throat> okay, Chuck Morrison, today is the birth date of John Paul Jones. John Paul Jones is a multi-instrumentalist and songwriter who co-founded the rock band Led Zeppelin, the group known for Stairway to Heaven. He and Jimmy Page wrote Stairway to Heaven. He's the basis for Led Zeppelin, John Paul Jones, born today. What year? Dave, I have 1945. 1945. I'm going to go 1947. 1947 and... 1942. 1942. And Chuck will get it at 46. Chuck, a little two to one. Barry. Here we go. Barry with just no points. Today is the birth date of George Martin. George Martin is a music producer and lifelong friend of the Beatles, even sometimes called the the fifth fifth Beatle. Beatle. With his heavy influence on the original albums, he wrote instrumental scores for Yellow Submarine film and soundtrack album, which was based of the music of John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, Ringo Starr. He's the fifth Beatle. George Martin, born today, what year, Mr. Jonathan? 1939. 1939. Barry? 27. 27. 42. 42. What did you say, Mr. Jonathan? 39. 39. You're all over. Really? Really? It's 26. That was my my first guess. Twice I'm off by one. You're off by one. Last one. Barry's still in it. Barry has no points. It is a hockey player. Oh, come on. Here we go. So we have Barry and we have Chuck. Mr. Jonathan, you could upset because you know nothing about this. This, Today is the birth date of Bobby Hull. Anything? Bobby Hull. Never heard of him. Hall of Fame left winger uh, known as the Golden Jet. Scored 610 NHL goals, won three Art Ross trophies, and helped the Chicago Blackhawks win the Stanley Cup championship. He was born today. Chuck Morrison. 1939, Dave. 1939. What do you got, Mr. Jonathan? 40. 40. 34. 
34. And Chuck Morrison gets two points in the win. There we go. And there it he is. He not get the win. That's a tie. No, I stay there. no. That's, two. that's three points. Two points, three points. He gets the win. How did he get? See ya. He nailed it. That is it. Whichever classic oh, you, you choose, it exactly. it's right. classic cigars. Available at <laughs> twoguyscigars.com. That's twoguyscigars.com. If it's your birthday, come into any Two Guys Smoke Shop location at Salem, Seabrook, or Nashua, New Hampshire, on your birthday, and we will be so honored to cut light a free happy birthday cigar just for you. I'm going to nail this mailbag right here real Go quick. Go ahead. Get Do it, it, buddy. All right. This was submitted through the Contact Us page on the CigarAuthority.com. Hey, gentlemen, and Mr. Jonathan, which it I does already, say that. I saw it. I already don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> My 21-year-old son is taking a liking to cigars thanks to me picking it back up. My wife is concerned about nicotine addiction, but more importantly, his vocal cords as he is an up-and-coming TV radio guy. You guys smoke daily. Do you ever get cravings if you skip a day or a week? Uh, the answer is no. I never skipped a week. I skipped uh, a day. I never have, but I never smoke cigarettes either. The vocal cord thing, I have no idea. You guys seem to sound fine. Love the insight you guys have to offer. Old Fart Freddy is the man. Thanks. Wow. And that's from Chris Rodriguez. Chris Rodriguez, a fan of the show. Um we're radio guys, <laughs> right? Barely, but we're there. So uh, does it hurt our vocal cords? You know, I'm no, good. you don't inhale. It doesn't pass through your vocal cords in any way, shape, or form. True. And some of the top broadcasters over the years, when you could smoke in the studios, and I used to go down with some of them, they were chain smokers, man. Yeah. Look, you know, um, Larry King. Sure. Huge. Um, pictures on the wall we have of... Um, Who's the um, Monday Night Football? Oh, Howard Cosell. Howard Cosell. Gil Santos, former uh, voice yeah, of the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smoking. Yeah. You, you want a smoky voice, right? I think it enhances what we do. There we go. I don't think it alters your vocal cords in any way, shape, or form. And Never if you had wanna, that if you question wanna, asked. If you want to check that, you go back and listen to, say, episode one yeah. on Podbean and compare our voices you won't be able to compare Barry's. Listen, but please don't go back to episode yeah, don't, one. Don't actually listen to the content because there isn't any. But Oh, my God. The early you could certainly check terrible. the voice. All right. We're going to go to break. When we come back, there is a gentleman in the house, and he will get debonair. It's gentleman Chuck Morrison. We have uh, some interesting questions in the mailbag. We still have a couple of those. Uh, the best tweets of the week and lots more. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. This is Ernesto Perez Carrillo from E.P. Carrillo Cigars, and you're listening to Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. I'd like to file a missing persons report. I've lost my one true love. All right. What does she look hey, like? She is like no other. Her skin, dark, simply gorgeous. Not slender, but firm to the touch. Well, we'll do everything we can for you, sir. The night we met over a fine scotch, it was love at first sight. Details. I need details, sir. Well, she's about five and a half inches tall. You mean five feet tall? No, inches. Oh, she's a mid, a dwarf, uh, a little person. No, she's a cigar. Ah, right, sir. Is she a Fleur de Lorraine cigar? The cigar that men around the world are falling in love with? Yes. Oh, I've seen this before. Louie! Yeah? Uh, get him a Fleur de Lorraine cigar and a list of United Cigar retailers to carry it. Fleur de Lorraine Cigars, simply gorgeous. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailers across the country. Fleur de Lorraine, stop missing out. 
Mr. Jonathan. A shadowed figure spinning tunes on records that do not exist. Mr. Jonathan. A young cigar smoker on a crusade to champion the oldies, top 40, and yes, even country with a host of DJs that operate above the mix. Mr. Jonathan is my dance instructor. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ. Mr. Jonathan is me. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com, your one-stop shop for everything DJ and sound production. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com. He reads the dictionary just for fun. He finds the minutiae of tax preparation enthralling. Years ago, at an open mic night, he was paid just to leave. He is the only man to win a staring contest with the Statue of Liberty. He is so uninteresting to women, he was forced to open a cigar shop to sell to men. He's not even a legend in his own mind. He finds himself boring. His family barely pays attention to him, and his mother refers to him as, Hey you, he is David Garofalo, the least interesting man in the cigar world. Not since Zeno Davidoff has a cigar retailer had a brand named after him. The man himself may be a bore, but the cigar isn't. Garofalo is a premium handmade luxury cigar using U.S. shade wrapper and a blend of Nicaraguan fillers and binder. Complex and very interesting. Garofalo may be the most interesting cigar in the world. It once won a longest ash contest without even being lit. You don't light a Garofalo, it lights you. Its flavor expands on your palate faster than the universe. It has been said that this cigar would be phenomenal as a Maduro, except it's perfect as it is. I always smoke cigars, and when I do, I prefer Garofalo. Keep smoking Garofalo, my friends. Hey, Jack, I finally found a cigar magazine that I like. Really? What's it called? Cigar Journal. What's so great about Cigar Journal? Is it really different from the other magazines? It is. Cigar Journal is all about cigars. None of the nonsense you see in other magazines. Really? Yeah, it has stories, reviews, and the latest news about premium cigars. Is it a little newsletter? No, I think you'll be very impressed. Cigar Journal has beautiful images, a thick cover, and is strictly for the cigar enthusiast. They cover cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. That sounds interesting. Where can I buy it? Cigar Journal is available at local cigar retailers and on the web at www www.cigarjournal.co That's cigarjournal.co I'll sign up today. Hi, this is Nick Perdomo. Hi, this is Nicholas Perdomo Jr. Perdomo Cigars, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. And we're back live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. We're going to get Debonair with Gentleman Chuck Morrison. We're going to peek into the calendar. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. First edition of 2015. We're on our fifth year. It's not our our uh, fifth year celebration, but five years of broadcasting this mess. Who would have thunk it? And this is the best show of 2015. It is. By far. It is. It's also the worst show of 2015. (laughs) Yes, it is. Let's not forget that. So, um, 
a lot of changes are going to happen this year. You're going to see a lot of different things happen in the industry. I think it's going to be uh, very, very interesting at the very least. <clears throat> I don't know how well that came off of the state of the industry address, uh, a little ho-hum of uh, some negative things. It's just realistic thoughts of uh, what is going on, what happened in the past year, and uh, a way for me as a retailer to improve my game with the um, different uh, things that are thrown in our way along the way. So how do we improve it? What do we do? Um, I, I see a, a, a huge amount of growth with, with small boutique manufacturers, as long as the FDA doesn't actually step in, because the FDA could come in and say, no, the brand would have to be around for seven years. If that ended up happening, Hendrick Jr. is out of business. So we can't let that happen. Can't let that happen. Um, and we'll be stuck with what we have. I don't see it happening. I can't imagine, especially where they see um, the, the Cuban embargo may get lifted. What would end up happening to all those brands? They haven't been in the U.S. for seven years. They haven't been in at all. Therefore, maybe mm. they couldn't come in at all. You know, it, it just it, it doesn't make any sense for them to do that. So. Well, didn't some of the brands exist pre-embargo? So, therefore, wouldn't they have been in the U.S. already? Yes, some of them, not Cohiba. Right. Mm. Okay, and, and uh, you know, not some of them, but, um, hey, it'll, it's going to be interesting. I, I thought we would have had an answer by the end of the year. I was going to ask you, like, are we close to hearing any final verdict or anything? Or? Um, you know, they didn't give a timeline to do it, but I, I thought they would have definitely had it in uh, before the Congress went into session or anything. Right. Because they'd say, okay, here's what it is, um, so that they would have them all set to be able to put implement, uh, implement these. Again, just a guess on my part that it was going to happen. It, it didn't. Um, again, um, you know, I'm, I'm sticking with my, uh, and I've read so much on this embargo thing that it could take years and years be, for it to happen. Uh, I think per President Barack Obama wants this to happen while he's in office yeah. and wants to see the fruit of his labor to make it happen. And I would have thought it's going to happen really fast. I gave a 90-day um, line. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to have um, Wednesday uh, um, Nelson. Nelson Alfonso is coming up to visit me from Cuba. Um, and we're going to spend a few hours together anyway, and that's going to be some of the talk anyway of uh, yeah. what does he see from inside, what's it look like on their side. Uh, I don't have a lot to, to give him, but uh, we'll have uh, – I have a meeting with him. I'll talk to him about it, um, and we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, We've we got a big week. Um, we're going to be doing inventory at our stores Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, three different stores, three different days of inventory. Uh, having him up on Wednesday and then getting ready for the show – so, uh, and the national managers meeting. Right. So a uh, lot going on. National managers meeting. Yeah. Um, so um, anyway, moving on. Uh, let's look at the best tweets of the week. They're brought to you by Recluse Cigars. Recluse Cigars are the cigars that were built on social media. That's right. It's time for the social media segment brought to you by Recluse Cigars, the cigars that were built on social media. All Recluse Cigars go through eight, count them, eight fermentation cycles over the course of two full years to guarantee you balanced flavor. Try a Recluse Cigar today. And these are the best tweets <laughs> I saw all week. That awkward moment when the guy who discovered milk had to explain what he was doing to the cow. Yeah, how'd that happen the right? first time, huh? <laughs> What the hell are you doing to that cow? Trust me on this one. I got it. Yeah. 
I finally got around to reading Fifty Shades of Grey, and I don't get what the big deal is. I mean, it looks like every other Sherwin-Williams brochure I've looked through. I don't get it. If you had sex 365 times over the course of 12 months, then melted the rubber into a tire, what do you get? A damn good year. The man with the yellow hat is clearly negligent. What? That's a Curious George reference right there. And the best tweet I saw all week, do you know why Miss Piggy can't count to 70? She gets to 69 and has a frog in her throat. (laughs) Today's social media was brought to you by Recluse Cigars. Rolled into bar the old Cuban way for an effortless and perfect draw every time. That awkward moment when Barry Stein has to explain to his girlfriend why the tweets were so foul. <laughs> the whole show is foul. You, 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 you're turning this into uh, a yeah. locker room, basically. <laughs> the show is a locker room. Anyway, um, what do we got? Do we get some mailbags or something? We yeah, do, so, yeah. So, all right, so let's get into some mailbags. All right, mailbag number <clears throat> three was also submitted through the Contact Us page. We're getting a lot of mail lately, like which it. we like. We like. Hey, boys. As they say in radio, first time, long time, and before Dave asks what that means, I'm a long-time listener, and this is the first time I'm writing I in. I know what that means. Hey, this guy listen obviously listens my... to the show yeah, and so knows. You know, I really like the way you read Hello Boys. It's like it wasn't the first time you uttered those words. All right. That's not in the mailbag segment, so just keep your opinions to yourself. <laughs> I just caught the Padron Cuban Embargo episode, and if it's up for a vote, I enjoy when Barry and Mr. J get along. I found it very entertaining, oh, to say the weird. least. <laughs> Keep up weird. the good work. Timothy Battle from Nashua, New Hampshire. Hey, He's a friend of yours, a local guy. Hey, yeah. I've never met Tim- Timothy Battle. I'm sure you have. All right. He enjoys you. What does that mean? So he enjoys yeah, Barry yeah. and I getting along, that's all. Oh, my God. There was somebody lost a bet on that. I didn't hear the whole story of what that was, but somebody lost something. All right, let's kill these things. All right, so we got got one more mail back here also submitted. And we'll be all caught up. And we'll we'll be be caught up. By the way, that was very well read. Thank you. We'll be all caught up for 2015. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Hello, Dave. Mr. Jonathan, which, by the way, there is no extra H. Mine is spelled the biblical way, J-O-N, just for the record, uh, Jaron. Barry and Chuck. There is a cigar lounge that I frequent so often that the owner knows my name. Like, cheers. Uh, I always buy multiple cigars and sometimes boxes from this store. I regularly will sit down and enjoy one of the cigars I purchased from there. I aspire to be the perfect gentleman one day and want to know if it is a violation of cigar store etiquette to just walk in the store with a cigar that I purchased from that store during a previous visit and then smoke that cigar, or as a gentleman, am I obligated to purchase any time I go into the lounge? I know better than to not bring cigars purchased from another store to smoke there. I'm uh, glad he knows that. Yeah. That's very good. And this, this is an interesting topic. This is from the Ten Commandments. This is Brian Chadal. Yep, who's the director of sales for Azon. We should have him on. I reached out to him five years ago when I first saw this um, Ten Commandments of the Cigar Miguel, it's Miguel Chaudel. Yeah. Um, And I asked him if it was okay if I could use this information, and he said, absolutely. And um, I never knew who he was. I thought he was a consumer. turns out to be a national sales manager now. Uh, The next time we really go through the Ten Commandments, I'd like to 
get him. Yeah. Even, even if it's during uh, uh, through, phone in. through our phone in or if he comes up in the area. Uh, is he due to come in the area? He's a national salesman. I could find out. And, and we'll have him on and we'll go through it. But one of the Ten Commandments is thou shall not bring cigars from another cigar store into a cigar store. Right. A cigar store, a brick-and-mortar retailer, is there to do business. This is the business they're in to sell cigars. It would be like you bring in a sandwich into a restaurant. Um, and in this case, a sandwich you bought yesterday from there and bring it back. I only ate half. I got a takeout uh, doggy bag or whatever yeah. you want to call it. To and I've heard about it. I've never actually lived You don't know what leftovers are. <laughs> but I've heard about it, that people take some to go. And maybe they'll have it tomorrow. But actually to take it tomorrow and bring it back into the restaurant that you bought it at. That's my feeling of what it is. You go into a cigar store. They sell cigars. That's why they're there. Yeah. The only reason why they're there yeah. is to sell cigars. You go in and you buy a cigar. Every time. I think it's a, and it's a great analogy you give. I would, I would equate it to like going to a bar. You know, you're not going to walk into a bar with a, with a can or a bottle that you're already drinking and then buy another bar, a beer at that bar. You're going to walk in empty-handed and order a new beer at that bar. I think right. the same thing applies to a cigar store. You know, you're not going to walk in with a, with a lit cigar. I think it's undebonair. If you're going to buy a box at a cigar store. In my opinion. And then smoke from said box. You should rent a locker at the store that's, and uh, that's store the box on site. Once the cigars have crossed the plane of the <laughs> threshold of that cigar shop, they are no longer allowed back in to that shop. Right. You need to buy another cigar once you're in there. So the locker is a perfect example. We do have customers that are box buyers. They rent the locker and they buy the box and they go to the locker and pull the cigars that we know they purchased from us because that really is the key is you want the guy behind the register to know – you bought those cigars at the store. There's no way to tell. There is no way to tell. Um, unless it's your private label brand or something, they walk in. But so you're driving, you're smoking a cigar in the car, and you're driving down the street, and you say, oh, geez, I forgot. Uh, I need uh, a handful of cigars or whatever. You got a cigar going. Do you have to leave the cigar in the car? You can't walk in the store with the cigar? No, if there's, if there's smoking allowed in the shop, which all of ours is allowed, you, you can certainly walk in with the cigar and smoke it in the uh as you're going around shopping, I mean, you're shopping at that yeah, point. Yeah, just yes. don't light it up just before you get out of the car. Yeah, and just to say, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's dirty. Yeah. yeah. And so. grab a seat, start watching TV, you finish the cigar, and you leave without buying anything. I mean, so that's... I do appreciate Jaron uh, throwing yeah. to the gentleman's way. He wants to be debonair. Yeah. And with that, he's, do we he's have... Teasing. He's teasing. Do we have a gentleman's segment? Ready? Here we go. You need a gentleman? Gentleman. Gentleman. You need a gentleman? <laughs> you wouldn't want to call me gentleman. Ladies, fasten your seatbelts, switch on your electronic devices, and pump up the volume. You need a gentleman? And this is the gentleman's way. It's brought to you by Debonair Cigars and Rum. Debonair Cigars provide its clients with. Suspension of reality. So he suspended there. I saw that. You see where he went? Time spent smoking a debonair can never, no matter how hard you try, be subtracted from one's life. Today, gentlemen, let's discuss man-to-man contact. No, Mr. J, not that kind. Oh, thank the God. The question is, when is it appropriate for debonair to shake hands, and when is it appropriate for a man hug? 
A mug, we call it. A in mug. The industry. <laughs> for starters, good friends that have moved away and you are seeing for the first time in a long time, this is a hugging occasion. A man you haven't done business with in a long time? Handshake. Handshake. There we go. Your good friend that you haven't seen in a long time introduces his new wife to you. This would call for a... Hug. Yes. No. Yes. No Your way. good friend introduces a wife? Yeah, you give you her You never a hug. met her before? Yes. yes. I would never hug somebody I never met before. Listen, this is the debonair gentleman right here. He's telling you how <laughs> I to would do never it. hug somebody I never met before. The first I've time you do it. It's your best friend's wife. I've seen She's you part do of the it. family. Yeah, it's family. You welcome someone in. Come on in. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with that, and she would be too. Well... Whereas the business acquaintance's wife would get a handshake. So you see this, this, the distinction here? There's a here? distinction. Yeah. Good friend. Familiarity. Best friend. Oh, best friend's wife. Yeah. Not your friend at all. She might hate you. <laughs> she just met you. Why, why would she have bad feelings? Because she heard about you from him. He said, this guy is my best friend. Yeah. We go back. He was my brother in arms. and So like, many people met wow. my wife for the first time at the wedding, and she got a hug right yeah. there. Yeah. All good friends of mine. The bride. The bride. You hug the bride, maybe. That's my... They're my friends, and this is my new wife. You come... You you walk in the store. I knew you. I never met your wife before. And here's your wife, and I shook her hand. I'm sure I didn't hug her. You and I are not best friends. We're friendly at best. Yeah. Then how does your best friend not know if your best friend... He moved away. Yeah. married. He, he comes back to visit. You give him a hug. Oh, this is my new wife, Cynthia, whatever. And yeah. you give her a hug. We're not talking just anybody here. This, is, this has to be a best friend. And from the really... words of Mr. Jon- Mrs. Jonathan, who is Cynthia? Wow. <laughs> <That's all>. Wow. <laughs> Last example here. Your good friend introduces his extremely attractive 19-year-old daughter. Now, I know where you're going with this, Barry. Just hear me on this. <laughs> so, so who is it? Your best friend again? Yeah, best the, friend, 19-year-old. Daughter and she's a smoke yeah. show. So your best friend introduces his nineteen-year-old hot daughter to you. How does your best? How, he's your best friend. How have he, he never moved met? away? Why yeah. do we have to keep revisiting this? <laughs> nineteen, 19 years, years ago, he went up to California. Now he's coming back to Boston. A long time. She could have been changed to the radiator the first eighteen years of her life. Well, and it's she a good, should be. Dave brings up a good point. The gap in age suggests a handshake. If this is the first meeting, if the same you, as the wife. But no, time out. Listen, if you knew her as a kid. A hug would be acceptable. No way. Yeah, you you know you got you knew the kid when she was six years old. Creepy, yeah. away. creepy stuff right there. <laughs> here's the here's the trick though. You got to keep it brief, Dave. Add a quick pat on the back and back away courteously. No sliding your hands down. No, 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 no. No, no reach around. <laughs> no friendly reach around. If you're in a business setting and anyone introduces you to their extremely hot daughter, you should always, always, always extend your hand for a respectful handshake. There we go. These are, these are just some of the distinctions is, of how to be I'm shocked at you that that is the debonair way. I would think quite the opposite. Yeah. Well, the question always not, is, are you debonair? You know what? I, I feel like I would have nailed every single one of those things. Yes, because maybe it, I disagree. Up to and including the 19-year-old daughter. It's, just saying. Hugging the 19-year-old daughter. Yeah, it's your best. Again, a best friend you haven't seen. He's got a – she could be ugly. Doesn't matter. It's his. It's his daughter. Well, she, at the point that she's hot, that's when it becomes awkward, and you really have to, you know, well, weigh it on the scales own, of justice. That comes down to your own security and confidence. Once someone gets past hot, everybody thinks it. That's the hot. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's the kiss on the cheek thing. 
We didn't even no, go there. We have to that's, only that, that's, that's another gentleman's that's way. That's 2015 uh, as, tease right there. As in never kiss on the it, cheek, it, ever. Unless you're in the In the France. Dominican, all the women kiss on the cheek. Of course. They all do that. Debonair. And I, I never met them before or something, and they go in for the hug and the kiss on the cheek. That's what they do. Yep. Um, and then the, there's the... But your best friend's wife, you're not going to give a hug to. There's the cheek, rubbing the cheek against your cheek and kissing in the air. Not really kissing on the cheek, but putting... Like the they, where were you for cheek. this one, Dave? No, this so, is down there uh-huh. too. That there's that too. That the one thing that you should <laughs> never do when you hug someone that that you just met, especially if they're hot, is whisper in their ear. Um, God. You smell better when you're awake. Oh my! You know God. that's you don't want to go down that road. No. But you got that in. <laughs> this isn't yeah. old park, Freddie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and I also I want to bring one thing up in in closing before we wrap up the entire show. I think at at five years now. We can stop pointing out when we actually do something right for the radio. So when I grew to the gentleman's way, yeah. there is no longer a need for anyone to say, look, he's throwing to the gentleman's way. This is what we do in radio. Yeah. We should just pretend like this is normal yeah. and be professional from now on. Yeah, but if, That should be our New Year's resolution. We're wrong more than we're right, so we might as well. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're actually shocked. Yeah, everybody's shocked. Were you shocked when he ended up throwing it <laughs> Absolutely. To you? Yeah. And that would be very demonstrative, and, you, and your eyes lit up, and you like, go, wow, he, he uh, actually made a segue there. Yep. I should have just let you. I'm just, I'm just, you know, maybe we can work on that <laughs> for 2015 and just let those little segues happen. Naturally. And be professional. Yeah. Yeah, it would, it would sound so more professional if we did. I, I hear you. All right. So El Cedro Cigars. I like it. I, I like it. I developed a, a little bit of anise and, and licorice and anise. Anise. What's anise? Anise is uh, like an anisette cookie. Yes. Licorice. I, I thought it was like your brother's Daughter's daughter. Yeah. yeah. Daughter of your brother. It's that too. Anise. Anise. Oh, anise. Anisette. I'm from Brooklyn. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from Brooklyn. It's not that you're from Brooklyn. You pronounce things wrong. I got all a question for you. Didn't you learn in school? That if a vowel was followed by a consonant that was followed by another vowel, it was you elongated. Only when there was a double consonant. No, I didn't learn any of that. Short. <laughs> anise. Is that what you're going with? Yeah. Elongated? Like an, anise to me would be N-I-S-S-E. But no, an, anise, anise is A-N-I-S-E. You obviously didn't so pay attention. So therefore, the I is elongated and not shortened. Yeah, you didn't pay attention Come on, in English Chuck. class. Dude, <laughs> you lost me at didn't you learn. Yeah. <laughs> what you learn in English class is that English is the most difficult language to learn because there's all these messed up rules True. and different words pulled from other languages and then mispronunciations over time. You just say it the way it is. His name's E.P. Carrillo for crying out loud and Anis just start saying ve- it that way. Listen, Anis is a vegetable. It comes from a plant, and that's why he has no idea what it is. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. He's 100% right. What was your worst subject in school? English. Yeah, me too. Handwriting. Handwriting? Yeah. I went to private school. Handwriting was a, oh, a thing. Spanish for me. When you used to write, people don't write anymore. Correct. You know? Yeah, no one Not Yeah, print. I heard that. People don't. I guess cursive. they don't even teach it anymore in school. Yeah. We nah, had cursive have... as a class, 45-minute class. I'm old enough to remember day. getting hit on the hand. When I was doing it wrong. I had detention as well for, yeah. for, for doing a poor job. And uh, I'm left-handed. And they hated that, too. Oh, yeah. They hated that I was left-handed. Hit you, you know, you're the devil if you're left-handed, man. Did you go to Catholic school? No. But in the, in the 60s, they could hit you and stuff. I don't know if they could, but they did. And you didn't say anything when you got home because they'd hit you there, too. Right. <laughs> all like, I know is when like we have game. to write down something now, I actually have to stop and think. 
before I write it. Like to remember what the letters look like because I'm so used to typing on a computer wow. or on my phone or an iPad. Yeah, at this point, you know, it's not going to be long. We're going to just start typing sounds because the, the phones are predicting everything. I use the predictive text all the time on my iPhone. Yeah, right. You even have the predictive uh, that app for bodily functions now. I do. Yeah, enough of that. How about 2015? No more telling me how it's working out today. The plumbing is going. I, I don't care. I never cared. I don't care. I, I and do if not, he skips a day, he puts it on social media. I know. It's crazy. I do not accept your challenge. That will not be one of my New Year's resolutions. I feel like we're close enough where I can share that. I don't want and to know. the fact that it bothers you, not only too I get much information. It is information that I don't even want to hear at all. Nor that I'm You're welcome. Does yeah. anybody out there care? We should do a debonair segment. No, you had a whole bunch of soup yesterday, and it, it, it was a whole thing. <laughs> so you're going to tell everybody? No, yeah. I don't want to know. I, I lost know. a pant size. Yes. <laughs> I did. I did. I lost a pant size today. <laughs> There's no need of any of it. Um, All right. So back to El Cedro and pretending like we're here smoking cigars, right. as we are. Um, I didn't, I'm not getting any of the licorice, Barry. I got it right around the halfway point. I'm sorry. I have That's to because disagree. my palate is more... More well the, rounded than your palate. You, More in the nose than anything else. Did you guys so get cedar? aromatic. Cedar. You got cedar? Yeah. Spice. Yeah. Like he said early on, it continues all the way through. It's a it's a very good mulled cider. It's got those kind of spices in it. Yeah. Nutmeg. Clove. We'll give you a little love. Cinnamon. We'll give you a little love. Cinnamon. Even the crickets. Ah. Just, just you know, now we gotta deal with a swelled head. Yeah. When he gets one right. But it's very good. It's good. It's good. Uh, and it's very interesting on the smoking jacket that we have one brand and four different tastes all together. Right. Because a cigar blender does blend like he's saying, that they'll pick a Corona. They'll blend the Corona. That's what we're blending. Okay, we like it. This is what it's going to be. Now make the nine sizes with the same blend. And one of them's really good. So that's why there is a great size in every brand. There's yep. a better size, you know, and we talk about it often and say, you know, brand X, whatever brand we're talking about. Yeah, have you smoked the, the torpedo in that? That's the best one of this yep. brand in this one. But it's the same exact blend. Why would that be? Because it was blended or that one works the best that way. So, uh, and I don't know uh, if anybody actually blends the 6x60 format to be that. So as I smoke 6x60s and and try these things, and everybody knows out there I don't care for it. I know it's a big seller and it's paying the mortgage here, but they are all washed out with so much filler. Right. You know, that's the missing part of what that is. So uh, for next week, uh, we're back here at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, doing a show. We have absolutely nothing planned. Perfect. So this is a perfect way to start 2015. Uh, that's all I. That's all I got. All right. Well, when you're smoking your El Cedro cigar, if you can find it, maybe you could hire the A team. Uh, you always want to remember, folks, keep the lid end out of your mouth. Remember, folks, this show and every show at the Cigar Authority is absolutely free. So don't be asking for your money back. It's free. How can you be asking for your money back? I get that every once in a while. I want my money back in that episode. Can't have your time back. Time spent is yeah. never subtracted from one's life. Never. So for Mr. Jonathan, Chuck Morrison, for Barry Stein, I'm David Garofalo. Happy New Year, everybody. You've been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar 
Radio Network. And real quick, just a friendly reminder that if you enjoy the content, and why wouldn't you here on the Cigar Authority, please consider leaving us a five-star review up on iTunes. Hit us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We'll see you next week right here on the Cigar Authority. Can I have your attention for a second? I want to tell you about a fellow named Dave and the fact that I have been buying my cigars from him since 1985 when they first opened up. Two Guys Smoke Shop. Now, Two Guys Smoke Shop have three convenient locations right over the Massachusetts border in tax-free New Hampshire. Now, here's something I bet you didn't know. Two Guys Smoke Shop is America's largest cigar shop and has the largest inventory of cigars anywhere. Wait till you see this place. You're not going to believe it, all right? Now, if you like cigars, you can't find a better place to buy them than at Two Guys Smoke Shop. They're in Salem, New Hampshire, Seabrook, New Hampshire, and their new location in tax-free Nashua, New Hampshire. It is worth the ride. You can call 888-2-CIGAR-2. That's 888-2-CIGAR-2 or on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. The best place to buy cigars anywhere is Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's Stogie Heaven. With a million choices, it's Stogie.